You are listening to the Reality Steve podcast with your host, Reality Steve. He's got all the latest info and behind the scenes juice on Katie's season of The Bachelorette and interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. Now, here's Reality Steve. What's up, everybody? Welcome to podcast number 238. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Good show for you this week. Wit and Rye, sister YouTubers that cover The Bachelor and Bachelorette. You know them, you love them. I've been on their YouTube show quite a few times. It's the first time they've come on the podcast. And we got that coming up for you momentarily. There are some things that I I, want to get out in regards to the Chris Harrison situation, since this is the biggest story in in Bachelor world right now. And I gave some thoughts yesterday, very briefly. I wanted to expand on on a few things here in regards to Chris. And overall, I don't think that Chris should have ended up losing his job. The thing is, we don't know any of the story. He might have decided, I don't want this anymore, and I'd rather take a giant payout, which, according to Deadline, mid-eight figures, to me, that's around $50 million. So maybe he just said, you know what, I don't want to deal with this headache. Just give me my money and I'm out. But because Chris took that payout, I know there's going to be so much speculation and so many websites are going to be saying, our sources telling us this and we're hearing this. The bottom line is us fans are never, ever going to know because by him taking that payout, he's never going to be able to do a book about it. He's never going to be able to do a tell-all about it on you know in an interview online. He basically, you know, took hush money to never talk about this. So we're never going to know. And and so while I say on one hand, I don't think Chris should have lost his job over this, that doesn't change the fact that I definitely thought he should have been punished. Ashley and I were saying this back when we were doing our lives. He has to be held accountable. My thing was, I thought being held accountable and being off the show for three seasons, Katie's, Bachelor in Paradise, Michelle's, was sufficient enough for me. Like, I thought that was a good enough punishment. And I assumed he was coming back for Bachelor because that doesn't air until January of 2022. He will literally have been off our televisions for almost a full calendar year, missed three seasons. That's being held accountable for your ignorant and racist statements that he made and the way he treated Rachel Lindsay in the interview he did. He paid his dues. That would have been paying his, that would have been paying dues to me for me. Now, with that said, I don't know if he just wanted out after a while. After all this was dragging on and his name's getting dragged through the mud, he's just like, "You know what? If I can get money out of this and not do my job, I'm fine." We just we just don't know. The last thing we heard from him, yeah, he wanted to be back. He said it on the GMA interview with Michael Strahan. Wanted to be back and, what did he say, expected to be? No, I planned to be back and I want to be back. So unless something changed in that interview, it, this looks like it, it wasn't his decision. 
And you'll hear me talk about this a little bit more with Witten Rye. But I do want to say one thing, not certainly not in defense of Chris, but this story going around right now that the reason he got such a big payout was because he was going to chirp and he was going to spill all the show secrets. Now, while that sounds great and probably, and, and I don't even want to say probably, I know a lot of people would have been like, oh, my God, we'd love to hear the dirt. He's got all, he knows where all the bodies are buried in this franchise. You do realize by saying that and wishing that would have come to fruition, you realize you're also saying, and Chris, if that story is true, I'm not going to say whether it's true or not because I don't know, but what was reported was he was after a giant sum of money or else he was going to chirp on the franchise and talk about the dirty secrets of the franchise. Okay, dude, but if you would have done that, don't you realize that apparently it wasn't that big of a deal to you because you never left your job because of it? It was hunt. It was happen. If you know about it, that means it was happening and you were aware of it and it didn't bother you enough to, enough to step up and say something to stop it from happening. So I, while people are excited and they wish they would have had Chris Harrison would have loved to hear the dirty secrets that makes him guilty because you can't sit there and say, well, if you don't pay me X amount of money, I'm going to reveal the secrets of the show. You mean the secrets of the show that you were, you, you played a role in. If you knew about it and it bothered you that much, you would have gotten out. So it makes him sound so hypocritical if that story is true. So just keep that in mind when you hear that story about Chris. Because if he was really pushing for that, that makes him look so bad. He if he knows where the if he knows all these dirty and trust me, I know some of the things that he was probably talking about. There's been stories for years of what went on. I mean, so, Certainly in the early going. I mean, Unreal is based off of The Bachelor. Stuff like that. Maybe not to the exaggerated version it appeared in the TV show. But the basics of what happened in the television show Unreal is not very far off of probably what happened on set. But yeah, I've heard a lot of things over the years. And if Chris knew about it and he was that bothered by it, now he's like, well, I'm going to spill the beans. Well, it doesn't make you look good because you clearly weren't bothered enough to say something or to stop it. So, you know, for Chris's sake, dude, you might want to hope that you, you might want to hope that that story isn't true. And I, and I don't even think he can even address it. It seems like by agreeing to this mid-eight-figure payout, he is just done ever speaking about this franchise again. Outside of generic stuff. Like, really? This guy's been the host since the first episode of the first season. He was a host for 41 seasons, 42 seasons of this franchise. 19 years. And the guy gave a three-sentence goodbye on his Instagram. Like, <laughs> yeah. It just shows he's never going to be able to talk about this ever. So the only thing you're going to hear is rumor and speculation and innuendo. We're never going to know. We're never going to get a sit down from him 
on any podcast. He's never going to be able to write a book spilling all the deets on this show. It's not happening. He took a payout. And, you know, like I said yesterday, the amount of Bachelor Nation alums that ran to this guy's Instagram account to tell him how great he is yesterday. I I mean, I don't... Look, I get that they were on a show that he was the host of, so they want to say something as he leaves. Because, look, he was a 19-year host. He was a fixture on this show. He was part of this growing phenomenon and pop culture phenomenon that was and is The Bachelor and The Bachelorette and Bachelor in Paradise. I get it. However, it does come across as some of the comments yesterday, if you look on Chris's Instagram posts, were like, Come on, people. You're acting like he's dying. He literally just took $50 million to go away and never discuss this show anymore. Why are you feeling so bad for him? And again... It was his doing. It, this wasn't a Tom Bergeron situation on Dancing with the Stars, where he literally was the face of that franchise and did an excellent job for 28 seasons, and they just decided to come in and say, we want to go younger. We want to skew to a younger demographic. We're going to bring in Tyra Banks. Tom Bergeron did nothing to deserve getting fired from Dance with the Stars other than a corporate change, a change, a shift of change in the show. Chris was let go because of the interview he did on Extra with Rachel Lindsay. So it would make so much more sense to me of the Bachelor Nation alums saying what they did on his Instagram if we were talking about the same scenario as what happened to Tom Bergeron. But it wasn't. It was his own doing. If he never does that interview, Chris Harrison is still the host of The Bachelor, The Bachelorette. I truly believe that. I don't think they would have gone the route of, you know what? We need to skew younger. We need to get a a new host in here, and we're going to go with multiple hosts and whatever they're choosing to do going forward. We still don't know their final plan. But because he was already gone, suspended, let go, because he was already out of the picture, it was probably much easier for them to say, you know what, let's just send him on his way and just settle with him and let him go. But if he never says that, then he continues being the host during Matt's season, does Matt's after the final rose, does Katie's season. I don't think Chris Harrison and ABC would have ever stepped in and said, we're changing hosts because we want to skew younger to a younger demo, like they did with Dance with the Stars. I think if he never does that interview with Rachel Lindsay, Chris Harrison is the host of this franchise until it decided to go off the air. I don't think he ever would have stepped away from it. And I think they would have kept him. But that's just my opinion. You know, maybe maybe ABC had plans in the works to be like, you know what? We're going through all this stuff. We're getting killed by uh, the media and a lot of the fans for our lack of racial diversity. We've had a white host for 19 years. Doesn't seem like he's in touch with these kids anymore. Whatever. Maybe they had plans that they were eventually going to do that if he never did the interview with Rachel. I don't know. I'm just guessing. My opinion is that I saw him as the host of the show, you know, pre-Rachel Lindsay interview. 
I saw him as the host of the show until it went off the air. Just like a probst, just like a Phil, how do you pronounce his last name, Keoghan for Amazing Race, same thing. I think those people, those guys are the hosts of those shows until it, they go off the air. So there's just a lot with this Chris stuff. And unfortunately, I know everybody loves tea and everybody wants answers and what really happened and what did they negotiate behind the scenes, all this stuff. Bottom line is we're now never going to hear it because you got to pay out. Basically hush money to shut up and never talk about what happened. Never spill show secrets and never do an interview about what happened. Guy's just going to go his merry way. I have no idea if he's still interested in doing TV, whether it's something different, or if he's more interested in other uh, adventures. You know, he's definitely into the restaurant business. We know that. He loves to golf. Maybe he's maybe he wants to design golf courses. I don't know. We we've gotten nothing from this guy. We've we've had one interview with him. We've heard him say on record, we've heard him talk once since February, and that was the GMA Michael Strahan interview. Everything else has been a Instagram post. It's four months, uh, so we have no idea what this guy's motivation is now, what he wants to do, if he wants to host a different show, if he wants to even get back in TV. Does he want to just sit on this roughly $50 million of money and just, you know, the rumors of him buying a land in Austin and moving to Austin to be closer to his kids. Maybe that's happening. And he just never wants to be back on TV. I don't know. I have no idea. And until he addresses it, it's all just speculation. But those are just some of the thoughts that I had in regards to him being let go. And, um, yeah, there's a comfortability there. and We'll talk about it with Witt and Rye. You'll hear us talk about it. But yeah, there's a comfortability. That is, yeah, it is a little bit weird. But I can tell you this, and maybe I'm just hearing some of the responses. I just scratch my head at it, but I don't watch this show for the host. I don't watch Bachelor in Paradise for the host and what he does. You watch for the contestants, the leads, the dates, the drama. You don't watch because of Chris Harrison. Nobody does. Because the guy's on two minutes an episode. So if you're watching for it, what are you doing for the other 78 minutes of the 80 minutes that we see of a television show? You're not watching for him. So when people ask, like, am I disappointed? Um, My answer is just I, I, I don't really care. If they would have brought him back eventually, which is what I thought was going to happen, I would have been fine with it. They've done this. This is their decision. Okay. I'm not like, oh, you know, you've seen some of the responses on social media. Like some people are just appalled and I'm never going to watch this franchise again. Okay. Nobody cares that you're not watching again. Nobody. So it's just whatever. It's just like, I don't know what you want my response to be. I don't watch this show for the host. It can survive without Chris Harrison as the host. They definitely need to make changes. And they definitely, you know, they're doing a better job of diversity casting for sure. Last few seasons. The Tasha Caitlin experiment, you know, some people like it, some people don't. Again, I'm more whatever. I'm not watching for Caitlin and Tasha. Now, they are shoehorning Caitlin and Tasha in way more than they ever would have if Chris Harrison was the host. 
you know, so it's it has a different feel to it. Whether or not that's better, that's totally subjective. I didn't, you know, it was whatever to me. I just didn't care. So I I'm I just think there there's a lot when it comes to this franchise and you know this is I I get it. It's a big story. It's Chris Harrison. He's the only host that's ever been on the show outside of Clarentatious season when JoJo took over for two episodes. So the show will go on. Some people will never watch again because they can't see Chris appear two minutes an episode. Okay. I, I, I'll be fine. <laughs> I, I'll be, I would have been fine if he came back. Uh, it just like, okay. So, yeah, that's where we're at. We're going to talk about it a little bit more. And, uh, in podcast number two thirty eight, coming up right now, wit and rye YouTube sisters, you know, them, you love them. They recap the show. And um, we're going to get their perspective. And there's about a 15-minute segment in this interview where they interview me. And they bring up what happened a couple months ago. And you can hear a little bit more of my thoughts that maybe I haven't shared yet. I don't, I, I can't remember. But I, I, I say a few things in regards to what happened a couple months ago. And um, yeah, so there's about a 15-minute segment in there where they turn around the interview and, and interview me. And then I'm going to be on their YouTube show next week. So you're going to probably get a repeat of uh, of what I say. Although, you know, like I said, I don't want to keep harping on this. I want to move forward. I think I'm, I'm doing better. Uh, I think I've made changes that I wanted to make. And, you know, as stuff keeps pouring in, I'm continuing ever, even ever since Monday. Yesterday, got more stuff on some of the guys. You need to hear this story. It's like, okay, thanks. They tell me the story about one of the guys on the show. I'm like, thanks. Are you? Do you want to tell this yourself and attach your name to it? They're like, "Oh, I don't really." Okay, well then I'm not talking about it. You know, it's it's negative, but it's nothing earth shattering, I guess. You know, it's just it's it's stuff I probably would have run with in the past. Yeah, once I got it vetted, sure. But now I'm just like, whatever. So, um, but I I do think I I, I am making changes and, and and whatnot. Also, real quickly. The Fan Appreciation Party, August 27th this year. Uh, we didn't have it last year because of COVID. We're going to have it at the end of the summer this year. It's always been usually the first uh, Friday in June. But um, we're going to have it August 27th. If you want to be a part of it, email me. Um, if you're flying in, your confirmation to the party is flight itinerary. The only thing I'm asking for this year is of proof of vaccination. Like I said, I'm I'm fine either way. But I know that there are people that are still uncomfortable around unvaccinated people, and that's why this party is for them, and asking for proof of vaccination is for them. Um, I just want to do this as safe as I can. Next year, we're probably going to have another party, and I'm not going to, you know, I think we'll be further along in this country that I, there's not going to be an ask. I'm not going to have people, um, I'm not going to ask for proof of vaccination. But for this one, just let me do this. Uh, I want to do a safe party. Uh, a few of you have already responded. You're on the list. Thank you very much. Just email me at steve at realitysteve.com. And like I said, please, I've put the link to donate to the Genesis Women's Shelter and Support here in Dallas. It's what I want to uh, join with for this particular season uh, party. Next season, I'm probably going to choose a next party. Next year, I'm going to probably just use a, uh, choose a different uh, cause. 
But please, if you're not going, donate if you can. Anything would help. We've had some people donate $100, some people donate 50 some people donate 20 some people donate 5 Anything will help. And if you are going, I, that's my uh, suggestion or request of you is also to donate. But it's not a requirement. I'm not going to force anybody to do it. I'm just asking. So, um, but if you are you interested in coming to the party on August 27th in Las Vegas, email me. You know what to do. If you're local and you're driving, all I need is a hotel confirmation along with proof of vaccination. And if you are live in Vegas and you're a local, I've only got X amount of spots and they are filling up quickly. And those spots are a lot less than people who are, I got to leave more open for people who are willing to fly in. So, um, and just know your proof of vaccination. Once I see it, I'm deleting it. I'm not holding on to it. I don't need to hold on to it. I just need to see it once to know that you are vaccinated. So just know I'm not holding on to it or keeping any information. Um, it's deleted once you send it to me. So thank you for that. Uh, email me, Steve at reality, Steve, if you want to be a part of the party this year on August 27th, Las Vegas at the Rio all suite hotel and casino. But let's get going. Podcast number 238. Okay, let's bring them in. They are from the Wit and Rye YouTube channel. It is sisters, Wit and Rye. Thanks for coming on, you guys. (laughs) Thank you for having us. Thank you. So We're excited. Wit and Rye, or Rye, should I call you art? Do you know the inside joke behind that? Did Wit fill you in? I did not. Okay. Anyway, I texted Wit earlier today, didn't check my autocorrect, and autocorrected Rye uh, got autocorrected to art. (laughs) It does that. You know, when I first started texting her, (laughs) it changes it to art. It is. Okay, so it's art. It wasn't just for me. Okay, good. No. Um, (laughs) So before we get going, a couple things I want to get into or just want to ask about. First off, your last names, for, have you guys ever revealed them? Like, I don't think I know. I bet you if I did an <laughs> internet search, I could probably find it. But you guys have always gone by Wit and Rye. People know that you are sisters and you um, have kids. But I, have you ever talked about your last names or given up your last names? Or is, is this always been a secret and you want to keep it that way? Um, we have never really discussed it on our YouTube channel. I think on our Instagram, we may have linked to an article once that mentions our last name. However, we don't like to, you know, I enjoy being sort of not investigated. Okay. So I don't really want, yeah, (laughs) like all my social, this is wit talking. All my social is private. I just don't want people like looking up my business. Yeah. Okay, so the other thing, and this kind of goes to Rye, is, gosh, was this during the pandemic? It had to have been. You're, you, did, you did a dating show on your <laughs> YouTube channel. It was during the pandemic, right? Yes, it was. Okay, it was. I watched it. I was part of it. <laughs> I somewhat spoiled or had some info on one of the guys or whatever. <laughs> um, and I know that you ended up like – narrowed it down to five guys and talked to, you know, through Zoom, and you ended up choosing somebody in the end. I don't remember his name, but... Trey. His name was Trey. His name was Trey. Whatever happened with Rye and Trey? 
Rye? <laughs> Thanks for uh, asking, Steve. <laughs> um, yeah, so, yes, I did end up picking Trey. Um, we did meet in person. So hmm. I was very locked down because my son is high risk. So I was not seeing anybody outside of my family. And even that, you know, was few and far between for a while there. So I did end up meeting with him and he was lovely and wonderful. And, you know, we had a good time. But at the time, my life was just bananas. I'm a single mom. I work full time. Um, I just couldn't keep up um, and give him, you know, the the what he deserved, I guess, um, as far as attention and uh, moving forward. But it was a lovely experience. And all of those men were wonderful. And I, I really enjoyed it. Did you well, all- and Trey, like, was a travel junkie. I mean, he was, like, <laughs> hopping all over the world during the pandemic, like, taking advantage of the price cuts and stuff. <laughs> so it wasn't really <laughs> ideal, honestly, for her to be, like, around someone who had just been to Bali and, you know, like, all over the place. That was going to be my next question because that was the one thing. I don't – I could – if you put Trey in front of me right now in a lineup of five guys, I'd, I didn't remember what he looked like. But I, the one thing I remembered with him was he was a big-time traveler and he was traveling all around. And mm-hmm. – you know, if I'm going to sit back here and judge um, your picker, I was like, seems like a nice guy, but I don't know if all of his traveling is suitable for a single mother. You know, I just didn't, I, I didn't know. I, I, that was just my hot take on the whole thing. However, um, he seemed like a good guy. Did you only, was it only that one time? And then you realized, okay, this is, it just, our lifestyles are just different. Was it just one time you saw him? Yes. Okay. Coffee. Did you mm-hmm. did you pull a Prince Lorenzo and like try and get back or an Ari for that matter? Try and uh, <laughs> go to your number two uh, that you dumped in the end? No, no. Okay. It no. wasn't that deep, Steve. Okay, okay. <laughs> we tried to make it into a little thing. All right, I just wanted to know. lay off. I just no. I wanted maybe she was like, you know what? I Trey's a good guy, but it, you know it wasn't a fit, and I probably should have realized that. How about giving this other guy uh, more time? But, okay. Uh, understandable. <laughs> totally understandable. Um, next thing. I don't know anything about you guys. <laughs> like, and you don't, need to, you don't need to go deep. Like I said, I, I know you guys are both um, mothers and your sisters. And that's about all I know. And, and you guys um, live in the state of Georgia, right? I got that part right, right? Right. Okay. I don't know anything else. So, starting with you, Wit. Um uh, did uh, where'd you go to college? What'd you study? What what were you into uh, work wise when you got out of college? You know how long have you been married? All that stuff. Oh goodness. Okay. Well, I went to college in Georgia. I'll say, mm-hmm. and then um, I went. I specified in production, so I got a production degree from the journalism school there, and decided to move to New York for a year. From New York, I moved to LA because. That's where TV production is, right? Mm-hmm. So that is where I lived for 13 years, or 14 years, actually. And while I was there, I met my husband. Um, I also worked at NBC Universal for 13 of those years and loved it. So I was a producer, still am a producer. Luckily, production here in Georgia is flourishing. Um, but I met my husband in, what year was that? 2006-ish? Um, and then we got married, had two babies, decided, you know what, living this far away from my family who's in Georgia 
isn't that fun because childcare is really expensive. Yeah. And so we decided to move back here. And in that time, actually, Rye had moved to L.A. and we lived together. When I met my husband, I was living with her. When she met her ex-husband, we were living together. So all a lot of things were going on. Um, and then she moved to Nashville and she'll tell you her side, but then I moved, she moved well before me. I stayed there for a lot longer. And then I moved back here to Georgia about three years ago. Okay. I was going to ask that next three years. So you've been in, back in Georgia three years. Yeah. Three and, years, and I had another, another kid since moving back in another. So you have three. Oh, for some reason. I have three I boys. Oh, yeah. Three two. boys. Okay. Yeah. And what are their ages? They're seven, five and almost two. Gotcha. Okay, and you said you're still in production, like yes. you you do work in in production out in Atlanta, or I do, Atlanta, yes, wherever Georgia, somewhere in yep. Georgia. Uh, well, right now at home, right? Everybody's at home, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yes, here in Georgia. So, Rye, your story. Did you guys go to college together and do that whole thing together, or no? No. <laughs> no. What's ahead of me? Um, just enough to where we could not do college together. Oh, that was such a sweet way of saying Whitney's older. Whitney's four years older. <laughs> it <than> was. Me. <laughs> that definitely softened the blow. I get it. Yeah. I love you. Um, so my my story is, um, you know, not quite as impressive as as my sister's here, but um, essentially went to college in Georgia, dropped out, um, moved to LA to be with Whitney, and you know, follow that you know, dream of being in some type of entertainment, something, um, ended up meeting my now ex-husband, um, who is a musician. So we did end up taking, um, all of our stuff, moving to Nashville, kind of, you know, did some, some things there. And then eventually, um, when, right, actually when I found out I was pregnant with my son, we decided to come back here to Georgia, um, pretty much for the same reason. Family was closer, um, easier. So we made the move here. And how, and you have one, just the one boy. I have just one. Yep. One boy. Mm -hmm. How long have you been divorced? Um, I've been divorced for almost six years, six years. Okay. You know, now that I'm thinking about it, I, when wit, you told me about, you know, your production in LA, that's how you and I first got in touch, right? You, you contacted me through a mutual friend that we had, when you guys were yes. doing your YouTube show and you said, hey, you know, our mutual friend uh, said I should reach out to you. And I think you had asked me, maybe, maybe at first when you contacted me, it was just to ask me a question about the show or something. And then eventually later on, I think you asked me to come on the show. Or it could have been, hey, would you be interested in coming on our YouTube show? I can't remember. I think it was probably just like, hey, man, be on our YouTube yeah. channel. Okay. Maybe it I don't know. But yes, it was. It was a mutual friend, a, a woman that I had worked with at Access Hollywood. Yeah. Who, um, you know, is just, she. she's now moved away. She's in Florida. And so she is just a positive spirit bringing people together. And she said, I think that actually it might be great for you guys to know each other. So she was right. Yeah. And I haven't, and I haven't spoken to her in years. I want to say close to. I can't remember the last time her. Uh, I you know what it was? It, it would probably right around the. It was right around the time she was ending her time in Access Hollywood. For some reason, it's sticking out in my head. The last time I spoke with her was when they had the Bachelor in Paradise shut down because of the Corinne Demario oh, situation. Um, yeah. I think she reached out to me for a statement, 
and that would have been probably four-ish years ago, or am, am I wrong because has she been gone more, in Florida more than four years? Or do you know? More than four years. More than four years. Okay, then, I, then I'm wrong. So <laughs> it was somebody else that reached out to me about a statement about that. Okay. Um, you know what? This is, this is, gonna, this is honestly going to bother me. So I'm, hold on. I'm going to look her up in my phone and look at, <laughs> and look at the last time. Oh, I guess I took her out of my phone. Oh, no. Here she... <laughs> That's not a good sign. No, here she <laughs> I think this is her. Hold on. Um, December sixth, twenty sixteen. That was last okay. time. Last text I had with her. Hey, friend. Is that controversy really that recent? No, it, what, but no, oh, it wasn't okay. that. It was something else. Said, How are you? Oh, okay. Uh, not sure. Uh, so, so not sure. You know, I work for blank now. Okay. How solid is your source on the Josh and Amanda split? That's what it was. Josh and Amanda. Sp- oh, got it. Splitting up. Um. How many texts do you get like that? And from, I mean, when when big news happens, how many texts are coming into your phone? I mean, from I would, people like that at ET, Access Hollywood, no extra. Those people don't really care for me. I, it was only her because I knew her and we were friends, and she happened to work for one of those places. But those those places don't like contacting me and giving me a voice because of who I am and they don't want to lose their relationship with ABC. So it rarely happens. They would do it though. Steve, they would do it. If they had your information, they would totally want. I mean, they can email me at any point if they wanted to. And I would, I would do it. I, they just don't reach out, you know, and I'm not going to beg to go on E or us weekly or people or whatever. They know how to find me. If they wanted to get a hold of me, they could email me. They could hit me up on Instagram. Uh, I just don't get a lot. Today I got something from, um, you know, when the Chris Harrison story broke, I think it was the Daily Beast uh, emailed me and said, hey, we'd like, a, you know, your thoughts and a few quotes. And, you know, I called them back. And so something will be in the Daily, I think it was the Daily Beast. I, I don't even remember the title of it, but it was an online website. But the major ones, like you said, the Ease, the Us Weeklies, you know, when everything happened a couple months ago, I was asked for statements and I said no because I just put it all on my site. But um, for stuff like that, reaction to the show or something, no. The Access Hollywoods, the extras, they don't reach out because I know they don't want to They don't want to ruin their relationship. They don't want to give me the airtime because they know it would ruin. Because ABC will get mad. Yeah. yeah, ABC would go to them and be like, why are you Why are you putting that guy on your show? You know? So, right. Um, Wait, though. So actually, I'm glad that you brought up the stuff a couple months ago because we, you know, we obviously are supporters of you. We've had nothing but like professional and respectful relationships with you. Um, But I'm curious. I mean, as women, we've both been subjected to, you know, misogynistic, you know, comments and slut shaming and men in powerful positions trying to, you know, befriend or flirt with us for whatever reasons, whatever, you know, as women, I think most women have probably experienced that stuff, unfortunately. Right. But since all that blew up with Demi and now you've had time to process, it's been a couple, it's been a minute, right? What has that experience been for you? Like on the inside, like what, you know, how have you changed now? I had to do a lot of, uh, self, reflection on um 
the way I carried relationships with females, whether it was bachelor nation or non bachelor nation, you know, talking to the people that I am friends with in this franchise. Cause let's be honest. And I, and I said this in my statement, like I was never close friends with Demi. We were acquaintances for, for the longest time. Demi and I were like enemies without ever having spoken to each other. She didn't like the stuff that I said about her on the show. And she just assumed that I hated her. And but was it like misogynistic in tone or that was that was long ago with like the Jade Roper kind of stuff? Because we're unspoiled, so we don't we don't yeah. read what you write. Yeah. So no, so two completely different like situations. Had, yeah. The Demi okay. stuff was the, the past writings had nothing to do with Demi and nothing I said about everything I've said about Demi to where she disliked me was more along the lines of well, two things related. Number one, um. I, nothing I said was of a sexual nature, you know, publicly uh, when I recapped her on Colton season or Bachelor in Paradise. But the second thing was there's this always there's always been this big, long debate. And some people are on my side. Some people are on Demi's side. And it'll never be a black and like 100 percent one way versus the other way. But some people thought that the fact that I spoiled the fact that she got engaged to a woman at the end of Bachelor in Paradise season six, the last season we had, they thought that that crossed a line. And because it was her story to tell, since it was the first um, same-sex relationship in the history of this show. And I've never spoken to her about it. There was a time where we were supposed to, and then stuff kind of blew up, and and we never, I never went on her podcast, and she never came on mine. Um, but... That was the thing that I think has always been a, a, a thing with her is that she doesn't believe that I should have outed her. And my stance has always been I spoil the show. That was the spoiler to Bachelor in Paradise season six. Three couples ended the show together. She was one of them. If I would have given the spoilers and left Demi out, everyone would have been asking me, well, what about Demi and the girl? You already told us she's down there and dating a girl that she was dating pre-show. And I just didn't feel like, well, you'll find out in six weeks. I was just like, yeah, this is what happens. I spoil the show. This happens to be a spoiler. So there's this there's this gray area. Some people think I did it wrong. Some people said, Steve, you spoil the show. This is what happened. All you did was spoil it. And some people said, well, because of what that spoiler was, you shouldn't have spoiled that. But the biggest thing was she was not, uh, she just wasn't a fan of me. And I heard her say on a podcast with my ex-girlfriend at the time, um, your, bo- your, you know, your boyfriend hates me. And I immediately heard that podcast, and I DM'd her. I said, Demi, I don't hate you. I've, I've never spoken to you. I just don't agree with kind of the way you acted on Colton's season and th- some of the things you said and did, and that was it. And those are the only things I ever commented on. And then she's like, and I said, I'd love to have you on my podcast to talk about it. She responded back immediately and said, definitely we'll take it under consideration, which then turned into, hey, why don't you come on my podcast? And I'm like, sure. And then we got, right. and then we exchanged numbers began texting as just acquaintances. Remember, I don't know if you remember during the pandemic, she showed up on WWE a couple times uh, as a guest. I would text her about that. Like, Oh shit, I'm a huge WWE fan. Congrats. Like that you're on. And then the whole thing uh, with the phone call uh, did happen. Um, You know, but it, you know, it wasn't a, it wasn't a hit on to Demi. I wasn't trying to get with her. It was a, while it was wrong. Um, I mean, I'm not, it was kind of creepy, right? I'm not trying to justify it because it, it shouldn't have been said. I just wanted to be clear the presentation because I think because of the reaction that I've seen from people that have contacted me, 
I get the impression yeah. that one, they think I do this with every woman that I speak to. And number two, that they thought it was a lot more graphic than it was. And that's well, where I can, I can speak for myself and my sister and say, you've never been anything but professional. But I think another part of it though, is that Demi felt like because you didn't, because you were writing your opinion, which was that during Colton season, she acted however she acted. Um, that you didn't like her. So then she had to ingratiate herself to you, which then put you in a more powerful position than her, right? So then she felt like there was this power play going on where she had to kind of make you like her and blah, blah, blah. And then when you made this phone call, it was kind of like, you know, being the secretary of the man who then comes and, and, you know, slaps you on the butt and you have to just kind of take it. You know what I mean? It's just this, and I know you understand that. It's just this, like, just terrible thing that this power play that, unfortunately women have to deal with so much. And so yeah. I understand, you know, where the outrage is, but I also understand that you're a good person and that, you know, you weren't trying to. Well, thank you. And, and that's, and that's, her. and that's where, that's where when I was doing a lot of self-reflection and, and hearing things that people were saying to me, regardless of it was like really negative or whatever, I still took it to heart because I didn't understand the power dynamic. I didn't because I don't look at myself that way. But until it was brought up to my attention, because Demi has said, you know, post that he's an idiot for not understanding that uh, it's a total power play. And I'm just like, honestly, I did not look at you that way. I did not look at it because I just don't look at myself that way in this franchise at that time. Now, after hearing it from people, that I realize inherently what I do automatically makes it a power play. And I understand that now. I didn't at the time. I just yeah. never looked at myself that way as, oh, I'm, ho- I'm wielding this power over you. You better tell me something or this. And that's where things kind of got carried away because that turned into the narrative that every single person in Bachelor franchise that I am friends with, I hold this over and I force them to tell me things or else I'm going to out them. And it's just that could not be further from the truth. But because Demi told that story it then turned into everybody thinks that's how I handle all my relationships with everybody in Bachelor Nation. And that's just, that's just not true. And that's what was the frustrating part. So, yeah. Um, but that particular situation, absolutely. I know, I, I know I did wrong and I'll never say that I didn't. And I haven't denied that I did. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it happened. Um, not thrilled with it and not happy with it, but I feel like I've, um, I, I understand uh, things a lot better now. I didn't at the time, but um, my intent was never, ever. I don't, <laughs> I don't purposely try and make women feel uncomfortable. That's not my mo, you know. Um, and do you feel like you write about them differently now than you? I, I, yeah. I think that I read that you said that. Um, yeah, Becca, Becca on her podcast was accusing you of, you know, misogyny back in the day and and yeah. that kind of a thing do you feel like now you've changed before all of this stuff like you because i don't know like i said we're unspoiled so we don't read your stuff but yeah no it's 100 percent. and it, but you know when all that came up <laughs> becca you know had a field day with it because it, they were screenshots were sent to her of my past writings but Becca doesn't, just like you guys, Becca doesn't read what I write. Becca doesn't listen to my podcast. She doesn't know that I've addressed it numerous times. She got it and was like, oh, my God, like, aha moment. When in reality, if she knew anything about me, she would know I haven't written like that in years. 
any mm. ask any of my longtime readers how much my site has changed since those days. And look, there was no excuse for writing that way. And I'm not going to excuse it. All I'm going to say is the way women were treated in the media back in the early 2000s and into, you know, 2010, 11, 12, 13, 14, when I was writing that stuff, um, it was wrong, but it was also accepted. And I just kind of was like trying to keep up with the cool kids. And I was just doing it, um, which doesn't make it right at all, but that's why I was doing it. And people ask me like, why did you write that way? Did did you, I was just like, I was just going along with everything else that, you know, the dirty Perez Hilton, the superficial, why, what would Tyler Durden do? Those websites that just every single day objectified women. That was like the humor back then. And unfortunately, Perez Hilton was so bad. Yeah. And that's all I was. I was basically the Perez Hilton of the bachelor. Like I was writing kind of the same shit that he was when I spoke about the show. I didn't, while I would talk about the dates and recap the dates and what happened on the episode, I would focus a lot on the women and their looks and what they wore and, you know, if they were showing cleavage or not, stuff like that. Like just the way the culture was where at that time, for whatever reason, it was being accepted and you were able to say things like that where it wouldn't draw the where it didn't draw the outrage that it absolutely uh, does now. But like I said, when Becca brought it up, it was like, okay, Becca, I I understand that. But you don't read my site. I haven't written like this in years. Go ask any of my longtime readers. So what it turned into was it the people that listened to Becca who had heard of my name but had never read my site, they were very outraged at what they read, as they should have been. Um, but they weren't my longtime fans. All my longtime fans yeah. have stuck around and said, Steve, look, we, we know. We know that you haven't written like this in years, and you've definitely, uh, and you've definitely changed. But, you know, it still doesn't make it right. I, I I never should have written that stuff, and I probably should have deleted it before I did. Um, uh, but now it's off my site. Everything pre twenty sixteen has been deleted from my site. It's just like there's no oh, point. Wow. Yeah, I just deleted it all because it was, it was a lot of misogynistic writing and just the way I spoke and the way I talked. It was just, it was stupid, you know. And um, well, just then when you were talking about writing about women's cleavage. I wish we were on zoom so you could see our reactions on our faces. <laughs> we were horrified. Yeah. I mean, that's, and like I said, it's, it's so weird how, why wasn't it called out back then? I mean, I remember having people here and there say something, but not, if I were to say anything, like I said, back in 2015 or 2016, right now, it would be, Everybody would be emailing me saying, how can you think this is remotely acceptable? But back then, you know, like I said, Perez Hilton, all those people, it doesn't make it right that they were doing it and I was doing it. But I'm telling you, I was going along with the crowd. I was trying to be like with the cool kids. It was stupid. Uh, you know, just wasn't smart of me. And, um, you know, it got it got out there and someone sent it to Becca. And, you know, again, the frustrating thing was Becca made it seem like this is what I was still doing. And never really clarified to her listeners, like, oh, you know what? He used to do this, but he doesn't anymore. And because she doesn't read my stuff, you know, at no point did she ever, you know, her thing was, you know, all he does is ruin people's lives and contestants' lives. You know, it's just like that's so far from the truth and it's so exaggerated. But somebody who doesn't read me and somebody who doesn't listen to my podcast, yeah, that's what they would think. But. At no point did Becca ever bring up any of the podcasts where I gave Meredith Phillips, Bachelorette number two, a voice to tell her story about how she was sexually assaulted when she was the Bachelorette, or Craig Robinson, who tried to kill himself after the death of Gia, 
or Leslie Murphy, the first girl to the first one. I was the first person whose podcast she ever came on to talk in depth about her double mastectomy and um, getting um, diagnosed with breast cancer. I mean, I could go on and on of the stories that I have told and given contestants a voice and, a, and told a positive story about them, but they chose to only focus on uh, the negative. So that's where I thought that what they were doing was a little bit unfair because they don't follow me and they don't listen to me. So that was frustrating, but yeah, it's, it's a tough to just, to just, to like just put tough it line to walk to just generically say, you know, he hates every contestant and he's out to ruin contestants lives. It's just like, that is just a factually incorrect statement. If you've read anything that I've ever done or listened to some of my podcasts where I've given so many contestants a voice to speak and tell what really happened on their seasons and stuff. So it was just, that was frustrating, but I know, I know what I do. Yeah. The me too movement came around. Now you, you know, we all know better. And so you'll be a better person and a better writer and we can just all prosper. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, things are, things are, things are definitely, uh, are better and I've made some changes and, uh, you know, I'm not going to, you know, do exposés on contestants anymore. Cause I realize that now, like, yeah, when I say something about a contestant or I tell a story about something behind the scenes about a contestant, that's negative. It turns their narrative because I have such a large following and a lot of people, because my spoilers are accurate. A lot of the times, then, then whatever I say about a contestant must be accurate. And that's the persona they take on. And I realize the effect that it's had now. And, um, you know, just going to kind of stick to the spoilers and just kind of snarking on the show and kind of go from there. So that's one you ask in a long answer back to your question. You know, what are the changes I've made? That's one of them. Like, there's just not going to be any more unless unless something I find out about off air about a contestant ends up bleeding into the show storyline, then I'll share. Mm-hmm. It. But if it's just, you know, I mean, shit, after Monday's episode, you know, after this past Monday's premiere, I had five different people email me about five different guys from this show saying, oh, you should know this about this guy. And I said, look, that's great. And some of them showed me proof. And I'm just like, great, but I'm not going to run with it. If you want to attach your name to it and you want to call this person out, go ahead. But I'm done being the middleman because that's what I've been for years is I'm the middleman who relays stories about contestants that I know to be true. And even if it is true, if it's about a contestant that somebody likes, but as the middleman, you were reaping the benefit as well as taking all the blame when yes. the person accused didn't like what you were saying. So, yes, yeah. don't be the middleman anymore. Just, you know, just report what you got to report. Yeah. Yeah, no, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, that's where. Stick it, to the show. It, uh, it became this thing where I was the guy that everyone came to because I'm the spoiler guy. Oh, let's go to him and tell him about this contestant. And then it's like, okay well, I need some proof. And then they would show me proof and it would either be, you know, photo evidence or a phone call. I would talk to them and have them explain everything. But then I would be the one that had to relay it. And I'm just like, wait a second. This isn't, uh, this isn't good for me because I'm the one that takes all the shit for doing this. Even if what I say about this contestant, I know to be 100% true. If it's about somebody that somebody likes immediately, they dismiss it. You know, it just, and I realized it was just becoming too, it was becoming too negative. And, um, and that's one change that's been going to be made. So, okay. So you've built, but you've built this business on this. So now do you find like, do you feel like 
it'll be just as profitable and you'll still be fine being positive because that needs to happen. Yeah, I don't I don't think it'll be too much different because people are still going to be able to get information from my site that they're not getting anywhere else, which is the spoilers, which is ultimately what people love. And that's kind of the that's kind of the hypocrisy behind a lot of this, because while people really got pissed at me for spilling tea or whatever you want to call it about contestants, they loved when I did because it gave them fodder to talk about. And I'm just like, look, you can't have it both ways. You can't be pissed at me for spilling tea and then using that exact tea to use in your discussions and your content. Doesn't that make you just as complicit in this, you know, but so now I'm just like, look, get your tea somewhere else. There's plenty of Instagram sites that will just start unloading tea for with, without vetting any information you can get it from there from now on. So I think the spoilers are enough. People still want to know, like, you know, who lasts and who wins and who's the final four and all that stuff. I think that's uh, that's certainly sustainable. So, I don't. Well, think that's good. We we like the changes. We like the responsibility that you're taking and the ownership of, of what happened. Yeah, and um, yeah, and and that was the one thing that I wanted to make clear is that I I never I never s- denied that I wrote those things back in the day. And, um, I, uh, I always owned them. I just probably should have deleted them earlier. Uh, but when they came to light, you know, back in April, it wasn't news to people that had read me for years. It was, it was news to people like Becca who had never read my site outside of, Oh, he, you know, he does spoilers, you know? So, um, that's kind of the way things went. So, now that you've interviewed me, um, what are we going to talk about when I come on your when I come on your show next week? Steve, we're just going to rehash. Do this I have again. to repeat this again? Yes, basically. Except we'll be able to see each other. It'll be much more fun. Oh, that's right. We got to do. I, you guys do video. Okay. But wait, I want to talk about Chris Harrison. Sorry, am I taking over your job? Oh no, that that was the next thing that. Um, well, before we get into Chris Harrison, uh, let's start with Rye. Uh, Rye, and then we can go yes. to Wit. Um, Maybe you can answer for both of you. How did you guys get started with this deciding to do Bachelor recaps on YouTube? What was the first season you guys watched? And is one of you like a longer or bigger fan than the other? Like one started watching, the other one said, hey, you got to watch this with me. Or did you guys start watching at the same time? I mean, with The Bachelor specifically for our channel, it was you know, Whit and I have always watched what we would call, you know, guilty pleasure trash TV together. We love reality TV. Um, and so I think as we're watching, we comment like we do on the show. So we're constantly commenting and trying to make each other laugh. And so we're like, let's just put a camera in front of us and try this. So our first like full season, I believe was Colton. Am I correct in that? No That was way. our first that, yeah, no, that was our first full season, but we yeah. had done um, we had done like, like a couple one-offs of yeah of some of the other ones before that. Yeah, oh, of wow. a paradise, and then of um, what 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 was Blake's initial? Who was his initial bachelorette? Becca. Becca. Yeah. Blake Horseman. Yeah, Becca. Yes. Yeah, Becca. Okay, yeah. So Becca, I think Becca was our first one, and then we did paradise a couple episodes of that and it was like our most viewed stuff and so we were like why don't we just keep doing this <laughs> and it's all on the wit and rye youtube channel and when does your when does your recaps for every episode go up 
Well, I try. So I am the editor. This is Wit speaking. I try to edit through the night of the show and get it up on Tuesday. So you start. So. You guys start recording right after the show. Immediately, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. We record during the show. Oh. So we're like pausing the show and reacting as we go, like as it's on. Oh, okay. I thought it was more you just watched the whole show then did it right after. Okay. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, we, no. we pause at every moment and laugh and make fun and then keep going. Okay. <laughs> do you do you have a favorite Bachelor or Bachelorette? I didn't realize you guys have only started with Becca's season. For some reason, I thought you were around much longer than that. Um, no, we haven't been around much longer, but we've, I think we've both been watching, you know, for a long time. My favorite bachelor to answer your question is, um, why am I blanking on his name? Thank you. My God. What the, (laughs) it's Sean. I mean, come on. The quintessential bachelor. The only bachelor that's still married to the final girl he chose. Yeah, there you go. Out of 26 (laughs) seasons. A hero to us all. Yes. 25, Three children later too. Yeah. Yeah. And Rye, what about you? Who's your favorite? Same? Same, yeah, Sean, for Bachelor. Who's your favorite Bachelorette, right? I don't even know. God, that's a really good question. Um, oh, geez. Yeah, sorry I put you on the spot because I don't know mine either. I, I mean, obviously we love Rachel. Um, Emily, maybe? I liked Emily. Oh, I liked Emily. Okay. Yeah, I'd say Rachel. Oh, Rachel well, actually, I'd take all of that back. I mean, I do. I still believe what I said, but probably the first Bachelorette. I mean, <laughs> you can't go wrong there. Trista? Trista. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she started it off. Yeah. I'll go there. Sure. I've been watching for since it started. So, Okay, let's, uh, let's move on to uh, Chris Harrison. Um, it was announced today. We're recording this on Tuesday. It was announced today that he is officially done with his franchise. According to the deadline story, there is a settlement in the mid eight figure range. So to me, that means $50 million to go away and never talk about this and again, uh, anymore, which is very interesting because now all the questions that people have are probably never going to get answered because Chris Harrison is never going to be able to do an interview talking about this whole situation and everything that's gone down since February. So it's all speculation at this point, but your initial reaction with when you saw that today, my initial reaction was, well, now I know why he hired that lawyer. Yeah. Um, but also, <laughs> um, I thought, you know, this is crazy because I thought he would take a step back and, you know, put a little icing on the big boo-boo and come back because I, he, he's such an ingrained fixture, not only on camera, but behind the scenes. I mean, he's an executive producer of the show. Um, so I just was very surprised by it. I know I shouldn't have been considering everything that happened. I think that it, that he needed to step down and that he needed to take a serious look at (laughs) what he said during that Rachel interview. Um, but yeah, I, I was I was shocked. And Rye? I mean, similar to, to what Whit said. It was, you know, to her point, he is just such a staple of the show, but I didn't know how he would be able to come back. So it, what it was shocking, but also like I, I understand, you know, take the opportunity, take the money and run, essentially. Yeah, my I mean, my biggest thing, and I, I said this in the open of um 
this podcast is I'm surprised because I thought he was going to come back for Bachelor. I knew we all knew he wasn't coming for Katie's season because that would mean he would have missed nothing outside of the after the final rose of Matt's season. Bachelor in Paradise, we just found out last week he definitely wasn't coming back for that. That made all the headlines because they're going with a, you know, celebrity slash alum co-hosting, rotating co-host that's going to be on Paradise. And then Michelle, how weird is that going to be? Sorry to interrupt you, but how weird is that going to be with David Spade and all that? Yeah, I mean, David Spade is a huge fan of the show, so it's not the name wasn't surprising to me with David. But um, I don't think the thing is, I don't think a show like Paradise needs a host because when you Mm -hmm. look at what Chris did in Paradise, the only thing he did was greet people who showed up by shaking their hand. And then stand there for the rose ceremonies. Like it does, that show doesn't need a host, but I can see why they want to, you know, bring back alums to host dates and stuff like that. But the overall host definitely not needed. I didn't think he would do Michelle's season. If he didn't do Katie's, I didn't think he was going to do Michelle's. But I thought, okay, you bring him back for Bachelor, starts filming in September, goes through November, and it airs first Monday in January of 2022. It'll be like, okay, he missed three seasons basically almost off of our televisions for a full calendar year. It made a lot of sense. So, and the other thing was the last thing we heard from Chris Harrison, where he verbally spoke about this was on GMA with Michael Strahan. And in that interview, he specifically said, I want to be back and I expect to be back. So clearly this wasn't his decision. He didn't decide to step aside. It looks like the higher ups at corporate ABC, Disney are just like, you know what? Let's let's move on. Um, let's go in a different direction. And um, that's what they've decided to do. And unfortunately, because of how big this show is in pop culture and the Chris Harrison name behind this franchise, there's going to be so much speculation for the longest time. And we're never going to have there will be plenty of, uh, you know, entertainment outlets that say like sources close to us and reports are and this is why we're never going to get the real answer because Chris just signed it, uh, signed it away by taking that eight figure sum to never talk about this show again. So, well, and I mean, you know, he saw all those zeros and he thought, let me just weigh the pros and cons here. Yeah. I can continue working, <laughs> making less than this, or I can just get out of here. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. Like I, the other thing is like, look, I don't watch and I don't, I, I know there are people online that say like, I'm not watching if Chris isn't the host. It's like, who watches The Bachelor and Bachelorette for Chris Harrison? It doesn't make Nobody. any sense to me. That's why I'm I, like, well, and I'm like, look, I don't hate the fact that, like, if they were to bring Chris back, I would have been like, fine. The fact that he's not never coming back, I'm fine. Like, I, I am so neutral on this because he has such a small role in the on-air production of this show. I don't think it's that big of a deal. Some people think it's freaking life or death that this guy is not going to be hosting the show anymore. And, I get it. It's a comfortability. You've seen him for years. He's the voice of the show. He's the mouthpiece. But he really doesn't do anything, and this show can survive without Chris Harrison as its host. It's but just it's Papa it. Chris. It's He's like a warm blanket. Yeah, you the, know, the comfortability last of night when the show aired, when you heard those random voiceovers, we were both like, ah, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> Shocking. Yeah. I don't know who the voice was, and it definitely isn't Chris, and it's different, but... <laughs> The bottom line is the next day when you talk about it with your friends and when you guys recap it during the show, 
I, I, I would probably say of all the videos you've done, all the recaps you've done, I would say less than 2% of your content has been on what Chris Harrison did during the episode. It's about the lead and the contestants and the dates and the drama and what happened. So that's why I think this show will be fine without him. Is it weird? Yes, it definitely is weird. But, you know, it was different last night with Caitlin and and Tasha. A lot of giggling, a lot of over laughing, a lot of overacting, but you know, it was it was it was different. It provided a different type of energy, I guess, to the show. It's not a you know, a 50-year-old man speaking to Katie, a 20, well, no, she's 30, you know, a 30-year-old woman about her dating life. It's it's two women who have been in Katie's position and are both engaged coming from what Katie did. I, it's 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 fine. Like, I, I it's not like Caitlin and Tasha blew me away, but it's also not like I was totally put off. I'm just like, to me, the host of this show is just whatever. It They're not the show. They don't make the show. So it's the way I've kind of always looked at it. I agree with almost everything you said there. I agree totally with the Tasha and Caitlin analysis. Um, but on our recaps, we do actually devote a lot of time to Chris. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. We don't, but we do, we do make fun of him a little bit. <laughs> well, you know what? Here's another thing that I, I, I was like kind of thinking about and, and I know this sounds simple, but I, I want to explain my sentence. If Chris never does that interview with Rachel Lindsay, he's still the host of this show. And you're going to be like, well, of course, Steve. Like, no, but what I'm saying is I don't think if that interview never happens and he goes on to do KD season, they would have come in and said, you know what, Chris? You know, as a show, we're taking a lot of heat. Our diversity sucks. We need to go in a different direction. Like, I think the fact that he was already off the air, it was a lot easier for make the, to, for them to make this decision of, you know what, we don't we can now get rid of him. I don't think if that interview never happened, they would have stepped in and gone in a different direction, even though they were taking a lot of shit for lack of diversity on the show. And, and, you know, Chris being the host for so long, kind of like how dancing with the stars did with Tom Bergeron. He did nothing wrong. And he was the anchor and the voice of that franchise for what? 28 seasons. And then they just stepped in and said, okay, you're done. We're going to go in. And clearly they put Tyra Banks in there to appeal to a younger audience. And I'm just saying that if Chris never does that interview with Rachel, I don't think they ever would have stepped in and done that with Chris and said, you know what? We want to appeal to a younger audience. You're kind of an older white dude. We, we, we want to yeah. go. We, you know, no, I don't think that would happen. I think it was just I, a lot easier because of what he did. And I think that's why people are, are so outraged is because they know the reason is because he did that interview. Right. Yeah. So, he would have never left until unless he was ready to leave the show, which why would he? That's, you know, seems like a pretty easy gig. Um, yes. My, th yeah. my thinking would be that he, he would have been the host of the show as long as it was on the air. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't think they ever would have pulled a Tom Berger on, on him and stepped in and said, we want to change the demo. We want to go to a younger, more hip host. I think he was just going to be the guy and the face but I think that's kind of telling of him because the fact that they couldn't go to him and say that when clearly that's what needed to happen with the show for years and have him remain in the sh on the show in the background, the fact that they couldn't say, listen, we need someone else as the face of the show. Like we're taking heat everywhere. We should have, we should have known this ourselves internally that we're so 
whitewashed that we need to have someone else be the face of this. The fact that they couldn't go to him and say that, I think, says something about maybe what his reaction might have been. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? And this is just my opinion. I maybe they would have maybe they would have got maybe the heat would have gotten so hot in that kitchen because we know this, you know, after the George Floyd thing and the batch diversity Instagram um, account started up and we're demanding change in this franchise. And, you know, five days after the batch diversity Instagram account pops up, Matt James is named the lead of a bachelor season. So clearly things were being changes were being made. But um, yeah, it's just my opinion. Maybe they would have eventually said that my guess would have been no, just by the way this franchise has always been. They probably just would have made their changes within production and you know diversity and cast which we clearly see with uh with katie's season but um yeah maybe they would have i don't know um and we'll and we'll never know it's just all speculation at this point but uh yeah i my opinion is they probably would have stuck with him until this show went off the air and he would have been their guy agreed which is fine because i think jeff probes will always be the host of survivor until it goes off the air (laughs) I think the guy for Amazing Race will always be the guy until they go off the air. Like it's fine to do that, um, because a lot of white men you're naming. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I, it just it, just because they've been on the longest, you know, Survivor and Amazing Race and Bachelor. No, I know, but that's my that's the point is that the the biggest shows that there are that have had the longest runs, the most you know accredited shows that exist, they're all white men. So yes, things need to change. And they're white men because basically if you look at every showrunner or EP behind those shows, mm-hmm. I guarantee it's all white men, you know, mostly white men. So, yes. yeah. Um, so let's talk about Monday's episode real quick. Um, not a whole hell of a lot happened. Rye, what were your thoughts? Did you like Katie? You kind of already gave your thoughts a little bit about Caitlin and Tasha. Um, but um, how did you like Katie as the lead? Did any guys jump out to you? What did you think? Yeah, um, I so far love Katie. Um, I think she is hilarious. She's smart. She's wise, like all of the things that you want to see in a lead. Um, And I think she proved in the last in that season that she can handle herself in hard situations. Right. And she always tended to kind of be the therapist of the group. So I think we will see maturity from her, which will be really nice to see in a lead. now, as far as men, the first few episodes are always hard for me to really attach to one person um, unless it was like Tyler Cameron on there. But um, so no one really stuck out to me <laughs> yet. Did you real quick? Did you uh, are you are you aware about Katie that she's sex positive? Did you know that? Oh, my God. <laughs> Didn't catch that. But thank you for updating. <laughs> yeah, me. No, I mean, but it's such a positive. it's such a funny little catchphrase too, like sex positive i mean i don't know no, it, it is. It's, it's like a trendy it's a trendy thing to say now i guess but yes we heard a lot of that last night didn't we yep yes um wit your thoughts on episode one i was highly entertained i thought that their promo for next week was as usual delightful and i can't wait um but yeah not that much happened I didn't understand that random fight between what's his face and what's his face. See, I still don't know their, all their names yet. <laughs> that would be Aaron, um, that would be Aaron and Cody. Aaron and Cody. Yeah, Aaron rubs me the wrong way, as does Thomas. He feels a little too good to be true to me. Don't tell me anything, too, Steve. Please, if I'm right or if I'm wrong. No, I won't. Um, 
and who else do I not like? Oh, um, Carl, I'm not liking. You know that Carl. Uh, you know there are two men from this season that were released as contestants on Claire's season when she was supposed to film the day the pandemic hit. Well, we knew of Carl. Who's the other one? Greg, the guy that got the first impression rose. Oh. Oh, oh that changes things for me. Wait, right. I think we knew that because we said that on our Meet the Men, but we totally <laughs> forgot. Yeah, yeah oh those, those two were on Claire's niche Because remember, we had the initial cast of whatever, how many men they released that day in March of 2020. And then all those guys got sent home. Remember, uh, Matt James was supposed to be on uh, yeah, mm-hmm. her season. And then so then and then July rolls around and they gave us 45 guys, 31 of which only ended up making the show uh, within five ended up getting brought in for, for Tasha. But, yeah, Greg and Carl were on the March 2020 list, which would have been Claire season, not July 2020, uh, which was Claire slash Tasha season. So, yeah, two guys. Mm. So, Rye, do you feel like Greg's a little less um, authentic? I still now Carl yes Greg I still feel like he just really wants to find somebody you know everyone's popping those babies out and he just wants to do it too <laughs> he wants to follow along his family <laughs> that's right he's got the big family and they all have kids and yeah, yeah and clearly I mean if you're we know just the track record of this show I think it was who was the last one it was Claire picked it up who was before Claire who am I missing um who was the Bachelorette in between? Uh, Hannah. Hannah. And, in between Hannah B. What the? Unless I'm totally blanking on. Who was it? No. Um, Hannah. No. Claire was after Hannah because it went Hannah, then Peter, then Claire. Yes. But I'm thinking. Yes, I'm, yes, yes. I'm thinking right now of. I'm thinking of first impression roses because there was a string there where four straight bachelorettes first impression Rose guy was their winner. And mm-hmm. then somebody broke it. And I think it was Hannah because Hannah gave, she, yes, she gave it to Luke. She gave it to Luke. That's right. She gave it to Luke. She was the one that broke the string because Becca, Rachel, Jojo and Caitlin before her, uh, four seasons in a row. First impression Rose got the final Rose. Hannah gave it to Luke. She ends up picking Jed Claire gave it to Dale. Obviously, she ended up picking him. But when Tasha came on, she gave hers to Spencer, of all people. I don't even remember Spencer, but uh, she didn't obviously end up picking him. I so, do. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, she, did, she ended up picking him. But that's about it. I don't really ca- I mean, I don't really count the first impression rose to Spencer as – I mean, I guess she can. I mean, she didn't pick him. She gave him the first impression rose didn't pick him. But, um, yeah, we had a run there where it was – Four in a row, and then um, Hannah no, Claire yes, Tasha no. So two out of the last three haven't. So you know we all we. But what we do know is, outside of Spencer, if you do give that first impression, whoever you give that first impression rose to, you know, usually lasts pretty long. At least you know nobody's going home the third episode if you get the first impression rose. So yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, clearly she's into Greg. Like you said, Thomas is a guy that he's. Um, he seems really into her, like really head over heels for Katie <laughs> right away. Yeah. I mean, the the way he was talking to one of the other guys, like, yeah. oh, wow, she's, I don't know. It just seems so disingenuous to me. 
yeah, we'll see what happens uh, with that. Um, you've obviously seen the previews. You know that Blake Moynes shows up this season, right? Oh, yes. yes. Moynes, Moynes, Moynes. He's, now, he's friends with Brendan, right? Yes, he is friends okay. with Brendan. And there was an article in Us Weekly yesterday where Katie addressed, had you ever spoken to Blake pre-show? And she said yes, but it wasn't anything along the lines of a of a Nick and Caitlin or a what. A, she just said it was one of those kind of. Once I was on the show, him being a former contestant, it was almost like welcoming me to the family type of email. Unless she's lying, uh, I don't think she is because I haven't heard anything that there was like some, you know, they were talking all the time or texting all the time or whatever. So, but she did address it and did say, yeah, he reached out. We have. We we did message. I knew of him, but it's not like we ever hung out or went on a date or whatever, and then he showed up. She's like, I was just as shocked as anyone when he showed up on my season. So we've got that to look forward to. Oh, yeah. See how that goes. <laughs> um, but other than that, uh, anything else you want to say about episode one or going forward or anything? I'll give you the final um, word here. All right. Let's see. I am so exhausted, Steve. I'm sorry that my energy level is so low. I've had quite the few days. Um, I am just looking forward to authenticity from her and a little bit of drama. You know, that's always a nice cherry on top. Uh, but no, I think it's going to be a good season. And like I said, I, th- I think that their promo was great. And uh, I can't wait. And Rye? Yeah, I mean... I agree. I'm I'm hoping for an engagement at the end of this. Um, I know we got that from our two last bachelorettes, but that season just felt so strange, um, of course, with everything going on. Um, so I'm looking forward to a great – I get scared saying this is going to be a great season because it always backfires, but I am really hopeful. I'll just say that. Since you guys admitted that you don't read me, I, I want to fill you in on something that maybe you're not aware of schedule-wise when it comes to this franchise. Do you, you do realize now that outside of maybe one or two weeks, for the next nine months, there will be Bachelor programming on every week? Wow. We've got... Well, I'm exhausted. We, we've got Katie's season, which obviously started on June 7th. It goes till August uh, 9th. We already know that Bachelor in Paradise starts airing August 16th. For the first six years, it's always been a six-week show. So that brings us to around September 20th. Um, Michelle's season will start filming in July, and I'm assuming will air right around the same time as Claire's season did last year. Claire and Tasha's started first or second week of October. So maybe September 20th, the BIP finale uh, maybe you get a one or two week break before Michelle's season will start airing, and then that'll air through probably the first, the week of Christmas, just like Claire's season or Tasha's season ended first uh, that that Monday of Christmas week, and then we had one week off, and we were Matt James first Monday in January. So, assuming wow. assuming we have another Bachelor first Monday in January of 2022, that's goes to mid March. That's nine straight months of programming for this show. <laughs> Have fun. That is crazy. We're looking at each other like, wow, <laughs> our lives are about to get real busy. <laughs> yeah, that's why I was like, since I know you guys do recaps every week, just know that while we had the last three months off since Matt's season ended in mid-March, uh, get ready for nine straight months. i got to hire an editor. Let me know if you know of anybody in Atlanta, Steve. 
<laughs> yeah, I will. I will. I'll get. I'll get on that. I'll fill you in. <laughs> but uh, Wit and Rye, thank you so much uh, for coming on. You can check them out on their YouTube channel, Wit and Rye. Uh, I appreciate you guys coming on. I will talk to you guys shortly since I will be on your show next week. Sounds awesome. Thank you so much, Steve. You got it. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much to Wit and Rye for that. Would love to tell you what their last names are, but I still don't know. I've never even looked. I could easily Google it and find it, but, you know, I don't need to know. It's not a big deal that I know Wit and Rye's last name. Um, I'm going to be on their YouTube show next week. Um, I like, you know, look, I had no problem with Wit asking me because on the day that everything broke back in April... Wit was one of the first people to text me and said, hey, do you want to come on and talk about this? I said, you know what? I Not right now. You know, I need to process this. And um, so I figured that she was going to ask something uh, during uh, the podcast. And, yeah, I you know, I just my thing was I think the biggest thing and the, and the thing that has gotten misconstrued, I think, in a, in a lot of the reports and a lot of the I shouldn't say the reports, the podcasts from Bachelor Nation people is every Bachelor Nation person who has a podcast that spoke about this has never spoken to me personally. So keep that in mind and just also know that a lot of it is exaggerated and a lot of it is things that they were saying are just factually incorrect. So. And that's and that's really you know that's been the tough thing, and um, that's really kind of what I've tried to, you know, I've had to deal with, is having a lot of these Bachelor Nation contestants that don't like me, say things that aren't factually correct, no fact checking whatsoever, which is the exact thing that they get pissed at me for when I report stuff that they claim isn't true about them or someone they know in the franchise, it's like, okay, you have every right to call me out for stuff that I've said in the past that maybe you don't agree with, or you think wasn't true. I've said about a contestant. Great. But you're doing the same thing right now when you speak about me and you know, the Demi call turned into, that's how I talk to all women. And I do that all the time. And I did it multiple times with Demi. I was like, no, it was a one-time thing. Never should have happened. I'll regret that till the day I die. I never should have told her about that call. But that was the only time it happened. And I don't do that with every single woman. And I don't hold my power over every single person in the Bachelor franchise that I speak to. I don't wield this power where I tell them, where I hold stuff over them and force them to tell me things like that, that's that turned into the narrative. And it's just, that's such a lie. It's a flat out lie, but they said it because they had their smoking gun against reality. Steve, the guy that has been coming after contestants for years. So they had their smoking gun. They had fun with it, but to defend, I'm not going to sit here and let people tell false stories. It's not going to happen. I will defend myself. And there were a lot of things said on podcasts that were factually incorrect that do you think those people are going to go back and correct it and say, oh, you know what? When we said this about Steve in our podcast, we were wrong. Why can't you? I mean, they're not going to say it, but why not? I've always admitted when I was wrong. So that's what I mean. It's very hypocritical. The hypocrisy, the exaggerations, 
you know, the one called a Demi turned into, I do that to everybody. It's like, come on, people. So, unfortunately, you know, like I said, the season's underway. We're back talking about the show, getting away from that. But will this always be something that is brought up when Reality Steve is brought up? I guess. I don't know. I hope I don't have to talk about it too much too much more. But, you know, I, I will just shoot back against things that are, you know, just flat out wrong. If someone wants to ask me, hey, you did this, you did a phone call, and you had these past writings, of course, I'll address those. I don't want to because I already have, you know, quite a few times, and I've released a statement on it. But I get if people have to ask that if they're going to interview me. I get it now. It's like I, it, I don't want to have to deal with it every time, but I hope people just after a while let it go and realize I've made the changes that I needed to make. But I get, you know, just like if I had a guest on from Bachelor Nation that was involved in something and I totally didn't ask that question, you'd be like, Steve, how can you have so-and-so on and not ask? I get that maybe other people, if they're having me on, have to ask that. So maybe I'll just limit doing interviews, for, uh, you know, in the future. I don't know. But, um, but yeah, when things get carried away and exaggerations are made and hypocritical statements are being made by these contestants and it's just it just sucks but we're moving forward I'm, I'm really trying to do better and I think I've I've taken a lot of steps I've talked to a lot of people you know I'm just trying to get past that I'm gonna make you know changes on the site that I've talked about numerous times in the last couple of weeks so thank you all for listening thanks to Wit and Rye for coming on please rate subscribe and review in Apple Podcasts much appreciated and we will be back next week with yet another podcast the number 239 right so for wit and rye i'm reality steve thank you all for tuning in and we will talk to you next week see you